0: Hey friends, and thank you for tuning in to the Occlusal Table, where we bridge dentistry with business, culture, and current events. I'm your host, Taylor Jackson, and if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Occlusal Table Pod and share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. And for our match day series, we'll be taking a deeper look into periodontal residencies and how to match into your top program. Let's get started. All right, so today is super special because we have a returning guest on the show, my dear friend, sister, and role model, Dr. Aris Davis. So if you can please introduce yourself and let our audience know who you are.
1: Sure. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You know, I love you so much, Taylor. You're so sweet. But um, my name is Dr. Aris Davis now. I was Hannah the last time I was here. Um, I am a wife, mom. I'm a current general dentist um, in South Carolina. And I am starting residency in July at the Dental College of Georgia for periodontics. So I'm super excited to be here. And thank you all for having me back.
0: Woo-hoo. <laughs> well, congratulations. <Thank> <laughs> so
1: if you can,
0: um, please share your dental journey with um, our audience here and just tell them the different steps that you took um, in order
1: to get to where you are now. Absolutely. So um, I graduated from the University of Central Florida in Orlando, Florida. I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, After that, I got my master's in health science at Meharry and I immediately matriculated into the class of 2021 dental class. So, I just graduated in May of last year. Um, while I was a senior dental school, I applied to residency. I I kept pretty good in school. Um, I didn't really know starting off what I wanted to specialize in, but I had an inkling that I ultimately would want to. Um, So I knew I had to keep my grades up. I had to stay involved. I had to have a resume. So if that day did come, I would be competitive. And I feel like I was fairly competitive. Um, And I applied and then I did not match. So I went through this whole mental, um, series of events where I kind of had to really just realize what was important to me. Um, did I want to specialize now that I didn't match? just not matching me it's not for me. A lot of different things went through my mind and my journey. And I realized that it was for me that, you know, the algorithm didn't define me. That moment didn't define the type of student that I had been in dental school. And prior to that, And I reapplied um, last year while I was working and pregnant, then had a baby, all that stuff. (laughs) Um, And then I matched in November of this past year to a program that I think um, is just more fitting to me. um, A program that I wouldn't have pursued had I not gone through that journey of not matching. And a program that I think will be very beneficial to what I want to do with periodontics and dentistry in the future. So I'm excited about it.
0: Amen. You know, (laughs) detour, but, you know, in delay, but not denied. Okay, there we go. (laughs) All right. So then what was it like working in public health dentistry during that year in between graduating from dental school and where you are now about to enter into residency?
1: So. Um, as most people know, when you want, go to dental school, you don't have to go to a residency. You can come out and you can work. And a lot of people traditionally do that when they're like a legacy. They can go back to work for their parent, um, stuff like that. But for me, um, I know the beginning of my senior year, I'm like, I just want to go straight to residency. I don't want to work. But then when that changed, and I didn't match. I'm like, OK, well, what do I want to do? And I could have gone and done a GPR, or AGD. Um, But for the position that I was in my life, I was soon to be married and I was expecting it in different things. It was just better for me um, to work. And my husband got a job position in a certain area. So I knew I wasn't going to go do a GPR across the country and be a single mom over here. Like it just didn't add up for my life. So I was confident in my skills. I felt like Mahira gave me a sound foundation to go into private practice. I actually interviewed with some DSOs didn't really pan out. And then I actually got the opportunity to interview with a federally qualified health center or FQHC, uh, which is a center that houses public health industry. And there are many across the country. Um, And that was the perfect start for me. I was super nervous. I mean, obviously, I got my license and passed my board. So I wasn't gonna kill nobody. But I was just like, I'm going from seeing two patients a day and four hour intervals to seeing 15 to 25 patients a day. And you know, being um, responsible over a hygienist, which we don't have that experience at Meharry. Uh, we're the hygienist assistant, front desk, we're all of that. So <laughs> it was um, it was an adjustment, but I would say that I just went in confident. I went in trusting that Meharry gave me a sound foundation and my confidence grew very quickly. Um, in my current practice, we really only do a lot of restorative and um, extractions. So we see people with very low um, oral health education, which is the opportunity for me to educate people. A lot of people that I see, I'm um, their first dental experience. Um, I see a lot of immigrant patients and um, things like that. So it gave me an opportunity to try to become bilingual or at least know dental Spanish. So it's been a phenomenal experience. It upped my speed. It upped my confidence. Um, and I, I would suggest to anyone, I know a lot of graduates are very nervous about working, coming out the gate. but Aside from myself, many of my classmates went straight into private practice. Some of them even bought into their own practices. And they're doing well from what I can see in the conversations we've had since graduation. So it was great for me. And I think it really was a strength when I reapplied and I interviewed and was able to say, I'm actively working in public health. I see this volume of patients and things of that nature.
0: Awesome. 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 It's all about building that clinical confidence. I know we've all talked about that before. Um, But then even with being a new mom, a new wife, moving to a new area, like how did you find the time to balance all of that and prepare for your application to reapply into the periodontics residency? Like, what Um, were you looking for in a residency? I know, I guess location is a big deal, but what other things played a factor for you?
1: So preparation, honestly, 95% of the work took my mind. It took me mentally being like, okay, I still have PTSD from not matching. And now the cycle has reopened. And I know that you have to submit certain documents and, you know, I can't just throw the same old application out there. Things have changed. Um, And literally I was on my honeymoon (laughs) talking to my husband and I'm just like, do you think I should do it? Like, what if I don't match again? What if, what if? And like, Thank God for him. But he just taught me through it like areas like it's going to be fine. It's going to work out. You want to be a periodontist. You know, you don't want to work in general dentistry for the rest of your life. That's just not what you want. And he was absolutely right about that. So once I got over the mental break of that and realized if I don't match again or again or again, I'm a dentist. I have a job now. I have a license. That'll be fine. You know, and if the route isn't periodontist, then OK. But if I do match, then that just opens up the door to the things that I truly desire to do in a lifestyle. In a type of clinical practice, I decided I desired to do every day. So, mindset was the first thing. Once I got over that, I mean, you know me. I like to do a million things at once. That's (laughs) I function at my highest capacity when I have a million responsibilities for some reason. So, you know, I actually, um, like you said, location was a big deal for me. So. My family kind of got grounded where we were, and Dental College of Georgia was in close proximity to where I currently am now. Of course, I reapplied to other programs that I got interviews for and had a relationship with, so I didn't let go of that. But I actually externed at um, Dental College of Georgia while, two weeks before I had my baby, so I externed for two days. I was pregnant. Um, The director didn't even realize I was pregnant to the second day. And she was just like, wow, I cannot believe you're here. And I literally was like pleading to my stomach, like, please don't let me go into labor. They're really not going to pick me then, like, please. But, you know, I just I shattered a few surgeries, talked to the residents. I had already sat in on a um, literature review, like, early in the year. But I just wanted to show them how committed I was and how serious I was about pursuing the residency at all costs. So after that externship, they offered me an interview. And then I had my interview about my son, maybe it was like three weeks old. Um, so my best friend came down watching I interviewed and it was just, um, something about the environment that was different. I had extern at, um, the previous programs that I applied to, but just for me, um, sidebar, but when I graduated, <laughs> I felt like, yay, I'm a dentist. I achieved my goal. I didn't match, you know, I'm doing what I want to do since I was 14, but I felt like this isn't it. Like I want to do other things. I tapped into content creation and trying to build my own brand so that I can stand outside of just dentistry. So I felt like this specific residency would give me the ability to do that, to not only be a resident, but still have a life outside of what I'm committed to to the next three years. And I wouldn't have no, I wouldn't have known that had I not given the institutional opportunity because of where I was in life so um yeah say so all that to say I just had to get over my mind and then everything kind of flowed after that and once I had my mind fixed like I'm going to match I'm going to match here and I'll do whatever it takes to do it then I just came together by the grace of God
0: <laughs> amen look at that awesome so then What about like tips for your CV, you know, you know, the things that you were involved in, in dental school, and like, I know I followed in some of your footsteps for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So the things that you're involved in, in dental school, and even the things that you're involved in now, as a general dentist, can you speak on some of those things that you had on your CV?
1: Absolutely. So I had to knock some of the cobwebs off my CV. Um, Me being on the E board and my master's program didn't matter because that happened so many years ago. Um, And I wanted my CV to um, be specific and show that I can excel in a perio residency. Um, Of course, in my interview, they mentioned a lot about my leadership, so I was like super duper involved in dental school, and they liked that. That wasn't something that they saw in a lot of their applicants, and that was something that they want their residents to be a part of. Um, Taylor and I know the. The memory that is Oral Health Day, so oh yeah, a lot. And they were saying, you know, they would love something similar to that to happen in their residency. And they asked me about how did I go about planning that and stuff like that. So um, definitely made it more polished. I actually sat in on a ads to CV webinar. Um, I think like my D three summer. Uh, with the, with Alex Howell, she used to be the vice president, and she just kind of spoke on how she formulated her um, CV, and she used Canva, which I love Canva. It makes me feel like a little graphic designer. So I went on there, cleaned it up, made it very short, sweet, and to the point, um, and just tried to emphasize qualities that I thought would, you know, be reflective of a perio resident. And I actually, my senior year, got the opportunity to... Um, author some articles about Perio and different publications and stuff. So I made sure to put that on there and that I knew about it. You know, I didn't make up anything to talk about a section I didn't write or contribute to um, and just stuff like that. So it wasn't bad. During my interview, they absolutely asked me questions about things on there, um, but I was well-versed in what I had, you know, curated my CV to be, so. And then what about your
0: personal statement? So then did you use something similar to the one like from when you first applied or did you do like go in a whole different direction from the second time that you applied? What changes did you make or what tips do you have for
1: um, those writing their
0: personal statement for Perio? So my
1: first CV, my first personal statement, um, I just felt like I didn't have that triggering story. I feel like a lot of my um, colleagues in my dental class had some like really momentous journeys that and I, I mean of course everyone's journey is their own so I I went through some challenges and struggles but I didn't really know how to articulate that so I kind of talked more about me being a first generation everything and just my kind of struggle with that um, to get in certain spaces and I, I had an um, interview at the University of North Carolina the first time I applied and they mentioned that they brought up that they had actually read it and that was really interesting to them But the second time around, when I didn't match, I made my personal statement about that and about how I really did have to have a heart to heart with myself. Like, is this for me? What am I willing to do to become a periodontist? Like, um, and honestly, it was traumatizing me. I'm going to be completely honest, just because, you know, in my mind, I felt like I was just so prepared and I had, you know, all these qualifications. And that still is true. But the algorithm just wasn't in my favor during that that specific year. Um, and I had to come to grips with that and realize that it didn't define me because initially it kind of hit me like a brick wall, and I just felt like just throw my resume in the trash. Like, what did it all mean? Like, <laughs> I'm I'm nothing. I'm I, you know, and I just had to really work through that and just find confidence in myself and know that this. Specialty field is for me, and that I would excel in the field. um So, yeah, that's what I wrote about in that. And I made it more personal. I mean, my first personal statement was a personal statement, but it was just kind of like just something to write. But this time I really spent some real time with it. And this may not be the best advice, but I didn't send it to anybody the second time. The first time I sent it to a few people someone who used to be a um, director and my mentor, and they gave their advice and stuff. But this time I was like, this is how I feel. This is what I'm writing. Submit. And I just, I held with my truth and I'm glad I did. So
0: showed your resilience and everything. I'm sure that, you know, with your personal statement and you're a great, you know, writer and everything, cause you have a blog and all of that, but we'll get into that another time yeah. later on, but <laughs> you're an excellent <laughs> writer. So I'm sure it can show like your resilience and how much you really have passion for the specialty in your personal statement. I'm sure. Um so then what about for letters of recommendation? So given that you are out of school now, like how was it when getting those letters of recommendations for uh the last cycle? Um
1: so I made all of my letters of recommendation or my letter of writers I should say periodontist. Um the first time I made um my acid advisor a writer and she is an oral surgeon. Um I made another mentor at our school one she's in public health she's not a dentist stuff like that um I made it specific to periodontist because I had got some advice from um a resident that I had spoken with at a certain institution and she said that um and that this or may not be true but she said that um sometimes they see letters from oral surgeons specifically and they're like and eh, like were you trying to do that and they beard over the perio what is it which honestly in my mind like why does it matter? I'm here now. (laughs) Like if they can attest to my clinical skills, which is the point, who cares? But I don't know. I just switched it up that way because I honestly, throughout my experience, I had made more relationships with periodontists. So I figured if I can hit three letters from three periodontists that are in the field and can attest like she would be a good fit, then why not? Um, So I made, actually, I lied. I made all of my letters us and then I still requested a letter from the dean just because I feel like she's the dean of our school that speaks to you know if she suggests me then I mean what can you say so that's it but I mean I try to make it more specialty focused and I would if you can um try to make all your letters focus to the specialty so they can attest like they're currently in it yes this person would but if you can't honestly, I just feel like it's a letter of recommendation. And if you read it for what it is, I don't care if I was the janitor at the school. Like if what I'm saying is true about the candidate, then that's what you should look at. So that's what I did.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, and then moving on to externships too, you talked about having the one in person at uh college of Georgia, but uh, you know, if you could talk about like how you reached out to the program director to get that externship experience? Or do they already have something set up? How do you go about getting an externship or do you think it really played a huge part in you matching there?
1: Absolutely, 1,000%. I could talk about this all day, but I was so afraid. Okay, so for example, Dental College of Georgia, um, there was a Meharian there that graduated from the prosthodontics program. Um, so I messaged her and was like, Hey, um, can you give me any advice about the program? And then I remember saying, do you think it would be weird if I emailed the director? And she was like, no, like, that's what I did. I emailed every director at a place I was applying and was like, Hey, this is my name. Can I stop by? And I remember that moment so clearly because it's like, we so often are so afraid to like put ourselves out there. But I feel like especially black general applicants and black female, like especially a minority group of students, we have to. There's really no other choice. Like here, we don't have a paradise residency. So me applying, they don't know what level of experience I have. They don't know what I've tried to learn about the residency. And granted, everyone starts from zero when they go into residency. But still, like those kind of things matter. And an externship is so important because your name is in their space before you even apply. So I did an externship for oral surgery when I was in dental school. And another reason they're important is because it can show you like, do you re- really want to do this in the first place? Like you can read it in a book and think, oh, this is so interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Until so you're in the operating room and you're like, I don't want to do this every day. <laughs> like, this is a little too tense for me. I'm not, mm-mm, you know, but then you get to see the, you know, camaraderie between residents and the dynamic and it's just different. And I feel like I had to really kind of finesse some externships at Meharry, um, make my own days off and kind of get in that system. But I'm so glad I did because I only did it put my name in certain spaces, show me the experience, but it's really a beef up for your resume and coming from an institution that doesn't have that particular specialty program. I think it means a lot and it shows your effort. So if anybody watched this, don't ever feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't email the director, like email them directly like I emailed my soon-to-be residency residency director multiple times like when I knew I was coming to the area I was like hi can I sit in on the lit review and although she didn't respond to me directly she cc'd her secretary they set things up for me and your name will always be in their email list forever you know when you apply they'll be like that especially my funny looking name they're like that look kind of familiar I never <laughs> see I thought I seen that somewhere before you know so put yourself out there because you literally never know where shoo, and your shot can take you. It can get you a seat somewhere.
0: All right. So then, you know, being like in the uh, era of COVID and everything Mm -hmm. and interviewing last year, were all of your interviews virtual? What were they like? What were some interesting questions um, that you've had? Uh, Can you speak to that
1: experience? Absolutely. So when I applied my senior year, of course, they were all virtual, which was, uh, I hated it so much. It wasn't, and honestly, I don't know if it's changed because well, actually, it did change, but it was very like, "What's your favorite hobby? What are you watching on Netflix right now?" And I'm like, "What does that matter? Like, are y'all gonna pick me or not?" You know. But then, um, this past year, both of my interviews, I only had two interviews. Um, they were in person, and um, it was a it was a lot better experience. There were other people there. Um, they actually asked me. They didn't ask me anything clinically because, like I said, everyone starts from zero. But it was just more personal. Um. And I feel like they were able to see in my body language and interaction how much I desperately wanted an opportunity and shot. So it was much better this time around. Any tips that I would give is to just, of course, be yourself. Don't beef up any of your experiences because they will ask. Make sure you're, you know, everything in your application is true. Um, that's really it, you know, just your standard interview tips kind of thing.
0: Awesome. And then as we go into our last question, is there anything you wish you knew uh, before applying or even like advice to those that did not match the first time into residency, you know, and showing how you came out of that um, experience?
1: I wish I knew that most people, unfortunately, do not match. And my year, I remember the program director the institution I ranked number one emailed me and was like, I want to say she may have said something over 500 students didn't match or something. It was a very large number. And I'm like, wow, there are so many people that are experiencing and feeling what I'm feeling. Um, And that, that algorithm, the match system in no way defines you. It is really just math. It's really just uh, a system and use it to your advantage. If you don't match, know that it's a reason behind that. It's a purpose. I'm so glad because I feel like God was just ahead of me. Um, I didn't match and I was down bad. And maybe a month and a half, a month later, I found out I was about to have a baby. And then I realized, wow, I'm kind of glad I, I'm not in residency right now. You know, I would just be starting. And I had a colleague who actually, you know, was pregnant at the same time, but she started residency and she only got like two weeks maternity leave. And it was just a, a situation that wouldn't have worked for my family had I been going into residency at a certain location. So I just feel like just trust that your journey is your journey. Don't compare it to anyone else's, whether that be your classmate, your best friend, whomever. Just walk on your journey and trust that God is going to place you exactly where you're meant to be and it'll be for your benefit every single time. So if I could say that, honestly, and that's my message moving forward. Like I want people to know apply anyway like you don't always I know it feels like everyone has a straight and narrow path but they don't <laughs> um and just let your journey be just what it is yours so what I wish I knew before is that it will all work out even when it feels like it's not going to work out it'll be better than you even thought it could be
0: excellent 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 advice all right so Dr. Davis are there any other closing remarks that you have for our guests um, and uh, where people can reach you or any platforms that you have or emails that you want to share?
1: Of course. So you guys can follow me at Dr. Air Davis, A-I-E-R Davis on Instagram, TikTok, but just don't judge me if you follow me there. Um, And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm definitely about to post a lot more videos about my journey um, with Perio and stuff like that. And on my website, um, www.draerisdavis, my full name is where I have blog posts. I'm about to start a mentorship program there soon and try to get some resources out because I am really dedicated to not only increasing diversity in dentistry, but specifically Black people and more specifically Black women, um, because I just know the challenges that it took for me to get where I am. And I just want dentistry to reflect what our country looks like. So yeah. And if anyone has any questions or wants mentorship or advice or anything like that, feel free to just DM me, contact me in any kind of way. And I am all about that life. So
0: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Excellent. And I cannot wait to see and um, see how much your platform grows and how much your channel grows. I'm going to put everything in the description box so people can follow you um, you because I definitely enjoy all of your content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for sitting with us at the table and remember to stay flossing and keep flossing. Bye, guys.